Welcome to another Take Note podcast, episode 47. My name is Chris Harper. Take Note, the radio program, is heard every weekday on Harvest Family Radio Guam. During that program, we ask you to take note of a theme or topic from the Word of God between songs. These podcast episodes feature the same scripture and outline, minus the music. Visit our website for more at khmg.org, khmg.org. Today, we want to ask you to take note of James chapter 1, verses 12 through 15. What we'll discuss today isn't mentioned often enough, perhaps. It's a reality for every person every day, whether we know Christ as Savior or not, and you could even say it's something that haunts us from time to time. It's something that comes to us in quiet moments when we least expect it. But it also comes to us boldly in broad daylight in front of everyone, and no one is immune. We all allow it to get us off course, sometimes multiple times in one day. It's temptation, and that's our theme of the day and the subject of James 1, 12 through 15, which is our text of the day. Temptation comes to us all, and it can take many forms. What's a big temptation for me may not tempt you at all. What was temptation when I was young may not be temptation when I'm old. That may be the result of my growth in Christ, or it may be the result of simple maturity, of time, of age. I may have learned my lesson, suffering the consequences of giving in the last time around. There are many things to consider in regard to temptation. So I think it would be wise for us to define that term before we approach our text. Temptation can be defined as the trial of man's fidelity, integrity, virtue, constancy. It's an enticement to sin. This is what we're talking about when we begin in James 1. So let's read the entire passage first, and then we'll talk about each verse individually. James 1, 12-15. Blessed is the man that endureth temptation, for when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life, which the Lord hath promised to them that love him. Let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempteth he any man. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. Then when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin, and sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. So let's begin in verse 12 of James chapter 1. We'll talk through each of these verses. Blessed is the man that endureth temptation, for when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life, which the Lord hath promised to them that love him. The man who gives in to temptation is not blessed. He is inviting upon himself trouble and difficulty. Sin gives that man, in the end, exactly the opposite of what it promised. It's the man who endures temptation that is blessed. The one who remains steadfast under trial that is blessed. Because those who stand the test are given a crown. The attribute of steadfastness in and of itself brings reward, but this endurance 
has a very specific reward. It's one that's promised by God, and it's called the crown of life. The type of crown referred to here is not necessarily a kingly crown. It's more like a wreath or a garland that an athlete who has won a competition would wear. It's one that's given to provide recognition or to publicly honor a victory. The reef is often made of something perishable. Perhaps it's a twist of myrtle or parsley or pine. But this crown, the crown that's referred to in our text, is not perishable. It's incorruptible. It's designed to sit on the heads of those who are righteous. And no man can be righteous but through Christ. And the power to endure temptation, it's given by Christ. And so it makes sense that this steadfast person is in Christ. It says here that he loves him. And that's why he's enduring. He's looking forward to a heavenly reward, a reward that's promised to him by his Lord. But there's something that cannot be said, and that's in our next verse, James 1.13. Let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempteth he any man. We live in bodies of flesh cursed by sin. We live in a sinful world. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life are real things, and Satan is a liar. And yet men are still inclined to say that God is the author of some temptation they face. But this is not true. So no man should say when he's tempted that he's tempted by God. God cannot himself be tempted, and he tempts no man with evil. Now true, he doesn't immediately remove anyone who believes from this sinful world. And it's true that he doesn't give us a new body free from that sinful curse right when we're born again. And it's also true that he allows temptation to come into our lives. But he has also given us the tools to cope with temptation. He gives us the power to have victory. His spirit abides within us. And we have no excuse. This is why any slander against God in regard to temptation is totally wrong. He's our deliverer from evil. He's not our tempter. Then what can be blamed in temptation? James 1.14 tells us, But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. So temptation comes from the desires that dwell within us. The desire to be our own God. The desire to have our own way. The desire to satisfy sinful passions the desire to have personal comfort and to avoid difficulty, the desire to avoid, perhaps, responsibility. A myriad of other desires could be mentioned here as well. When we sin, we have to look to ourselves, not God. That which is within us leads to temptation. God does not tempt. But every man is tempted, and some give in to temptation. Others, others who are in Christ, will rely on the resources and the empowerment that God has provided and will not give in. There's no magic formula for this. The person who avoids sin has to do difficult things. 
He has to surrender every moment to God. He has to lean upon his strength, saturate himself in the word of God, and follow God's will, not his own. So resisting temptation is important, not the least of which because of the alternative. James 1.15 Then when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin, and sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. The wages of sin, the New Testament tells us, is death. Adam and Eve were told directly that in the garden. To disobey God would mean death, and sin always leads to death, and every man is a sinner by birth and by choice. To sin is to give in to our fleshly desires. It's to miss the mark. It's to do that which God does not permit. It's to be tempted with evil, but not just that. It's to do evil. Because temptation is not sin. It's the enticement to sin. Remember our definition. Temptation is the trial of man's fidelity, integrity, virtue, constancy. And so to sin is to fail in our fidelity, to fail in our integrity, for virtue to be found lacking, and to show no constancy. But this does not have to be the case. Believers in Jesus Christ can be tempted and sin not, because he can give us the victory. We should repeat and think about 1 John 2, 1 and 2. My little children, it says, these things write I unto you, that ye sin not. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. And he is the propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. So temptation will come. We can rely upon God. We can walk in his strength and sin not. But here's the great thing I just want to remind you at the end. If we do sin, we have an advocate with the Father, and that's Jesus Christ, the righteous. You've been listening to the Take Note Podcast. These few minutes together are brought to you by Harvest Ministries and KHMG on Guam. Our website is khmg.org, khmg.org. In every episode, we ask you to take note of a theme or topic from the Word of God. My name is Chris Harper. Thanks for listening.